With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, PFF's IDP specialist and fantasy analyst. I don't know if you, the wonderful listener, is aware or not, but it is full on wheels up, guns a blazing, hashtag grinding the tape draft season. And if you listened last week to Joey the Tooth and I covering the incoming edge class, you know that we're ready to keep it rolling because it's now time to cover the safeties. So let's get it. I am pumped to talk more about this year's rookie class, and obviously I couldn't do it alone. Keeping the streak alive and joining me for the third straight year to discuss the incoming crop of safeties. Dynasty Nerds Finest, IDP team lead at Dynasty Nerds, quite frankly, the finest IDP analyst named John, if we're being totally honest. Mr. John Glosser, how you doing, man? I'm good, John. Uh, It's nice to get back together and do the uh, two Johns. One mic podcast, I guess. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, two Johns, one mic, talking safeties. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think I enjoy it every year, and I, I look forward to it. And yeah, when I think safeties, I think of John Glosser and uh, our discussions. So this this will be fun again. So yeah, how how you feeling about this uh, this year's rookie draft class? Um, you know how it always goes. It seems like we uh, you know, we, we call the class not deep and then landing spots come up, uh combines come up and we're then excited about guys and then the draft comes up and we're a little bummed about draft capital and landing spot and all that jazz. So um I think you and I have learned over the past couple of years not to get too high or too low <laughs> because um, the guys that we do love, we're usually in agreement on and, um, you know, we got to be careful. So we're not fighting over them and, you know, some of the leaks were in together and all that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I feel like this safety class, it's a little bit different, at least like for me, like, I feel like the last couple years that we've done this, we talked a lot about safeties that, are probably going to play like nickel corner um, at the next. And there's a couple there, there. There's a couple this year, but I feel like there was always more than than like expected um, the last few seasons. But this year, not as much. I, and I think there's a couple decent box safeties as well. And and there's yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. It's not not as strong of a class. It doesn't feel like. Um, like you said, it doesn't feel like a super deep group, but then yeah, landing spots make all the difference in the world, right? Opportunity is, is the main thing. So um, that, that that can change a lot by the next time we talk about these guys post-draft. For sure. And then we have to look at, you know, kind of the way the league is trending and, you know, even some of the guys last year, we weren't too high on, too low on. And the next thing you know, you got, you know, Brisker and Jalen Petrie coming out mm-hmm. and lighting the league on fire. And, and you know, we want to speak about it and say, hey, be careful, because, you know, it almost seems like DB is like the, the some of the first guys to get on the field, whether it be injuries or just 
teams kind of imploring more of a, you know, more DBs on the field mm-hmm. in general. And, uh, you know, if you, you prove that you can make plays, um, you know, a lot of these defensive coordinators, it seems like these days are, are trusting rookies more and more. So yeah. um, we have to kind of, uh, you know, take that into account when we're doing uh, some of this, you know, scouting and breakdowns for the listeners. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, it, it definitely feels that way that we see a lot more like, um safeties kind of hit for for idp like that that are rookies i mean it didn't happen too much for kyle hamilton the one that we did expect the most last year yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, i mean it seems like it's gonna happen now and he did look good when he did play so there, there's at least that but i mean there yeah a lot of other guys got on the field right jalen petrie obviously the biggest one with that that monster tackle season that he had and um yeah brisker i, I know we liked you know and, and thought that he could be a good tackler and and he went right out there and he 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 did a good job so i think you're right it it definitely seems like safety you know people can either wait on it or it doesn't it's you know it's not the worst thing if people spend a little bit more draft capital um on a guy that they really like because it the opportunity could very well be there especially once we see uh these landing spots so it should be interesting agreed Uh, yeah so so let's do it we got uh we got what safe 10 safety prospects to cover on this episode listed in alphabetical order and then per, as per usual we'll rank them at the end uh john might even have a couple bonus names for you at the end but uh we'll we'll get into it here start things off at iowa state with anthony don't call me antonio johnson john what are your thoughts on the cyclones product um i like anthony johnson um the the cornerback turn safety thing always intrigues me for idp purposes um you know improved as a tackler as he made that transition to safety um career 28 passes defended um a little worried about him in the run game as i would be with any corner turn safety um but 54 starts the durability is there um you know playing in the big 12 you know consensus you know opinion is always that they don't play a a whole lot of defense um not something that i really can refute at this time but um i do like him overall as a prospect i think um in terms of day one ready safety i don't think he's there um i definitely think he has the size the you know the skills obviously the versatility to play um Lansdorline I think NFL.com had him comp to John Johnson uh I don't particularly see that but you never know you know as I just spoke about in the intro there the the Jalen Petries you know you don't really see you know as much as we liked him you don't see a big boom bust mm-hmm. like as soon as he gets into the league a lot of guys aren't going to be that way I can definitely see with his versatility him playing some corner you know early so maybe he does get on the field a little bit sooner if he does get drafted to a, you know, uh, a team that has an entrenched starter, you know, at safety and maybe they want to try him out at, at corner with, you know, with injuries or even in the nickel. So um, I do like him overall. I think he's a good enough tackler. He plays with leverage. So um, mm-hmm. be curious on uh, your thoughts on him as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy watching him. I do think he's good. Um as far as like run defense goes, I thought he did a really good job kind of sorting through traffic. I thought that was one of the, you know, his strengths kind of skates his way around potential blockers, stays square to the line of scrimmage, doesn't lose track of the ball carrier. Um, I think that 
as far as like being a deep safety, that ability, you know, coming down from that safety position is important because by the time he's close to the line of scrimmage, most of those second level blockers are in position to get hands on him and the running back has already found his hole, but he, he's done that consistently well um, as far as finding uh, his way through traffic to, to get in position to make a play. So I did like that. Um, and he plays pretty physical as well. Um, there are a few plays where he, he kind of lays the boom. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy by any means. He's got good size, but he, he will absolutely absolutely uh, torpedo himself at targets and there's a few instances instances where he's knocked guys on their ass so that was kind of nice to see um as far as the negatives in run defense go tendency to kind of overstep his tackle opportunities this is a common one for this class leading to missed tackles um part of that is his physicality and desire to throw a big hit but if he can just kind of slow down his process a bit i think he'll be able to eliminate a lot of those over pursuits as, as a run defender um and pass coverage like you said former corner um that definitely helps make some kind of eye-popping plays he has that top tier athleticism uh and it shows on tape uh, he makes some plays that only a very small percentage of players uh, in this class at least are making high motor as well made one of the best plays of the year kind of tracking down a wide receiver for i think it was kansas state who was about to walk in for a touchdown he punched the ball out at the one yard line and saved the touchdown so that was really nice to see and then again like you said that former corner thing is big because he's very refined in coverage he can stick in man and just has this smooth movement ability in the open field that keeps him within range to make a play um the one area where I notice he loses a bit as far as the negatives go is playing more of that zone role in two high looks. Doesn't quite have the feel for it just yet, so ends up leaving a lot of uh, softer holes in front of him. And maybe that's part of the transition from corner to safety as well, uh, just getting used to what those zones are. So, I mean, yeah, I like that he made the transition from corner to safety this past season. Really didn't look all that out of place. There's a, definitely a few instances, like you said, of leaving that softer zone Um then is probably necessary, but did a nice job putting himself in position to make plays against the run coming down from his safety spot and can stick well in man coverage uh, as a player, as a coverage player. So just a really solid player to me, not a ton of glaring issues. So um, did you have any kind of favorite landing spots for, for Johnson or anything that comes to mind? You don't have to. If you... The the Bengals are one um, and just kind of a team that, you know, loses its two entrenched veteran mm-hmm. starters there. Um, I know they went after, you know, Dax Hill a year ago. Um, so it's just a matter of kind of maybe revamping that position, um, you know, in the in the mid to later rounds of the draft uh, might be a, a landing spot that, you know, there seems like they're always looking to, you know, invest in those young DBs and, and mm-hmm. hope that they can make enough plays against Patrick Mahomes in January to kind of get them to a championship game. So um, I wouldn't doubt that they maybe go with that same blueprint and, um, you know, see if they can get the most out of some of those guys like they have in the past. Um, another one is, is Tampa Bay. That team seems like they got really riddled by injuries. I know mm-hmm. from an IDP standpoint, we're a little more excited about Ryan Neal going there, but I mean, we're also talking about a guy who was, you know, maybe third or fourth on the depth chart a season ago, even though he's, you know, filled in admirably for Jamal Adams over the past couple seasons. Yeah. Um, that was not something I would be super excited about as a Tampa Bay fan to kind of, you have Winfield and Ryan Neal who are both, you know, suspect to injuries. You, you, you kind of want some depth there. Um, that might be a, a, a really good landing spot for him to, potentially see some year one production um and i mean maybe even week one production uh Mm -hmm. if he can get on the field because you know that defense is definitely taking a a big hit so 
Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I went with uh, actually the Bengals, uh, their rival, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, <laughs> I'm not like completely sold on on Mike Edwards or, or Brian Cook's kind of yeah. ability to be a full time starter at this point. But I, I feel pretty good about Johnson's ability to do so, and I think he'd be a good fit for their defense, even under Spags, who doesn't want to play rookies all that often but for me he just has just does everything well that's asked of him and i think he'd fit in nicely um in that scheme and and even be able to fill in at corner if needed like you said so i went with the chiefs but yeah i like your calls as well those all make a lot of sense for me um so this is confusing but we will go from anthony johnson <laughs> to antonio don't call me anthony johnson uh from texas a&m so this is uh, this is one of the guys that uh, I liked as well. So absolute hammer coming downhill. He he attacks with aggressiveness and has a nose for the ball. Typically able to quickly get himself in the right position to make a play and, and is kind of looking to lower the boom on guys, which he has done quite a bit. Um, the only problem with that aggressiveness is that he does tend to miss tackles and end up over pursuing runners a fair bit. So like I said, that'll be a, a common theme that, that uh, I've noticed here throughout, but um, yeah, 20 missed tackles since 2021. The other thing that is pretty clear when watching him try to throw his weight around is that there's not a lot of weight to do so. Um, I have watched him kind of bounce off running backs more than you'd like to see. And, also, if an offensive lineman gets a hold of him, it's pretty much lights out for him. So uh, as much as uh, those offensive linemen do a really good job of locking him up, he's actually much better getting through the screen blocks um, of wide receivers in the passing game. So he played a ton in the slot. He did a nice job making plays around the line of scrimmage. Uh, also got a fair amount of usage as a blitzer out of the slot and, and was decent there. So 50 50 attempts as a, as a blitzer, 12 pressures, and two sacks since 2021. So, um, yeah, like I said, there there was a, a few times where he did a nice job kind of coming off those uh, wide receiver blocking screens and and making a play out wide. So that was, that was a positive for me. Negatives just being very limited ball production in college. One interception and one pass breakup over the past three years. He, he's solid in coverage. I think he does a nice job sticking with those slot receivers and doing what is asked of him, but just hasn't provided a lot uh, else outside of that opportunity. So, you know, he, he's he's got great length for the position, but more of a lanky frame. Um, definitely plays bigger than he is because of that aggression that we mentioned earlier. Good coverage metrics for a player that lined up primarily in the slot, but I have some concerns about strength and size if he's going to get usage in the box in the NFL. But playing deep and in the slot could still be a positive for him as, as an IDP um, as well if it's a starting job. So how about you? What did you think of uh, other and Anth Johnson, Antonio Johnson? Antonio Johnson, Dewani Richardson, my favorite safety combo to watch. <laughs> um, those guys are both looking to, to knock you out. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely not Definitely not <laughs> looking to uh, just make the tackle. They're looking to make an impact. Um, I did do a write-up for nerds on Antonio Johnson. Um, I think he would kind of almost classify as the big nickel, right? <laughs> That's probably mm -hmm. where he's, he's kind of <laughs> yeah. the best at. 
Um, short area play recognition is kind of one of the things that I like the most about them. Um, kind of to your point, you know, it seems like in those shorter areas, whether it's coming off the edge blitzing or just being able to cover slots or tight ends in that kind of shorter area, I feel like that's where he thrived. Um, definitely the, the big play production just was not there. Um, a, a lot of it, I kind of, the more I dug into the tape, it seemed like a lot of that was like scheme and some of the things that he was kind of asked to do and his play style. I don't think he was ever coached out of the fact that, you know, this is the guy who played offense and defense and scored seven offensive touchdowns as a high school player. So, I mean, he's just kind of one of those players that alpha is the one thing, like when I watch him play, it's just that alpha personality mm-hmm. kind of can take over, um, you know, making those big plays on defense that rile a team up. I know we're really not in that era anymore where a, a big hit or a big pass breakup kind of, you know, riles the whole team up, but he, he strikes me as kind of a guy like that. Um, uh, I like, uh, he's got a, a really good, I don't know if you have the clip, when he's he comes off the edge against Bryce Young and forces a, an incompletion, I believe, oh, on like a yeah. third and long. Um, really, really high-level play. Um, you know, ducks inside the, the block, I think ends up shaking the running back too. Um, those are the type of plays in an attacking scheme that I could see him like thriving as an IDP producer. Um, I'm definitely concerned about the missed tackle numbers. Like those are ginormous, but I don't think that that's going to be something that's tolerated in the NFL. So I think draft capital is going to be huge. And if it looks like a team is going to bring him in under the guise that, you know, we're going to attempt to play you at, at a big nickel or something to that, degree i think you'll see someone not tolerate the fact that you're going to miss tackles or take bad angles or whatever it is um it's almost like the the really big impact plays can like change a whole defense like a defense having a bad game Mm -hmm. and they can have just like he can make one of those plays that you know get some momentum back on their side but you know like deep coverage ability, I I don't want to see him there. <laughs> so you know, what I, mean? so I think if we could get him closer to the line of scrimmage, and it's something I I don't think he's you know a prototypical slot either. So I think he's kind of one of those players that you really have to find a defined role for him and kind of uh, hope that he can thrive in that. Um, couple landing spots I had for him were um, Green Bay and Pittsburgh. I thought I thought those two were teams in need of a player with that type of he brings that yeah. type of energy and and kind of like you know alpha dog mentality. So if uh, I would kind of be thrilled if he landed in one of those spots a little bit like weaker at depth and safety there too. So if uh, if one of those two he could land in one of those two teams with a you know an established coaching staff and a and a defense that had an idea and a way to use him, um, I would be kind of thrilled with that from a you know idp perspective nice yeah i love it we got uh we got another match on uh our, our favorite landing spots because i put the packers as well um so we're t- actually two for two uh for those keeping score at home <laughs> at episodes <laughs> uh we got one with joey last week we got another one uh this week but yeah i, I like it for all the for all the same reasons you said and i like that call as kind of the guy that uh, could get the team kind of fired up because he he does he he makes some big plays um and he's he's an energetic player he's kind of like the the 
like the the energy line in in hockey. He's the guy that'll drop the gloves and get into a fight and then get the crowd <laughs> back into it. Uh, he's he's kind of that guy. So I, I really like the call. And yeah, Green Bay would be would be a perfect spot for them. I mean, God, who do they have there? I don't think they really love Darnell Savage uh, all that much. Although nobody probably, does. Yeah, they'll probably have to start him because Rudy <laughs> Ford is also penciled in as a yeah. starter right now. Amos, Adrian Amos is still unsigned. He's gone. Um, so yeah, day two, Green Bay, somewhere like that would be perfect for him. All right, let's go on to one of what one of three Alabama safeties in this uh in this class. Tell yes. us about uh Brian Branch. Um, you know, that's the the pre-draft dynasty darling for idp right you know this is this is the guy you want um not a ton that he does that you don't like um you know that junior year 90 tackles 14 tackles for a loss three sacks two interceptions um he's averaging 7.6 passes defended over his career um I mean, in far, as far as weaknesses, I think you, you, you're going to go to the man coverage and the ball skills, I guess. But a lot of that, again, could be scheme and the opportunities just aren't there as much. Um, but a Nick Saban player through and through, right? You know, like mm-hmm. that that guy who's just a, a plug and play. I could see him, if he's not a starting safety on week one, he's going to be damn close. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's just, you know, for all the IDP managers out there right now, like, I think that's the one that they're looking to see the landing spot. And if the landing spot is, is juicy and is a, a team that needs one day one, um, you know, whether it be a, a Cincinnati or, you know, uh, you know, whoever is that top, whatever that we deem that top safety spot is. Um, I think that's kind of where you want him to go. And mm-hmm. we have the most, you know, the most hope for him. Um, I don't, know if he's ever going to be this high level tackler that he was <laughs> at Bama, you know, consistently through his career. But um obviously they, he was afforded a lot of that opportunity because of how good some of the other guys were Jordan battle and, and things like that. So um there isn't really enough good things to say about Brian branch because you almost like you've seen enough of it in college yeah. and you want to see it at the pro level now and be like, yeah, it confirms it. The eye test, like that's the dude, you know what I mean? Right. Like that's the yeah. guy I saw wearing the crimson. Now he's wearing whatever Jersey he's wearing now. And he's just as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this, this is the guy I think that I, most people who have been paying attention, um, if you're doing dynasty rookie mocks right now, um, he, probably be the first safety off the board and almost every time um he, he's got a projected first round draft capital so he it might be the end of the first round i've seen him go i've seen him mocked in like the 10th overall pick as well to to philadelphia so philly's got two picks in the first round i think yep. so yeah spoilers on my favorite landing spot but um anyways yeah so, like you said i mean there there's a lot to like for me positives in run defense slippery at the line of scrimmage when he's lined up on the defensive line he's quick enough to to get around blockers and make plays in the backfield or, or at the very least disrupt the play um and the main thing that kind of separates him too from this class is that he just doesn't miss uh he's just four missed tackles across three seasons and over 1600 snaps uh for alabama at a very impressive 2.3 percent missed tackle rate so he earned above 90 tackling grades in all three seasons so that was that was huge um 
you know, I, I think there there is a bit of a size issue that that's apparent when watching him try and work past the offensive line and even wide receivers. Um, so for a player that figures to get a bunch of time around the line of scrimmage and, and in the slot, I'd like to see him kind of get around those blocks a little more consistently and not get eliminated by wide receivers blocking for outside runs as much as he does. But I, I mean, that's that's really nitpicking at this point. He's, he's he typically able to get himself um, in position to make a play. So uh as far as coverage goes incredibly like kind of sticky coverage he he turns his hips really well reacts at a high level allows him to make a bunch of plays on the ball you see it a lot from him lining up on in the slot um so often where his reaction speed is up there with some of the the best corners in this class i feel like he diagnoses and snuffs out targets uh, at a very strong rate um makes some remarkable plays in, in coverage improbable plays on the ball where he's even made plays that aren't part of his coverage responsibilities. He just reads the play so well that he's a constant threat uh, to force an incompletion or, or come up with an interception. Uh, no stranger to blitzing either can line up on the edge, use that slipperiness uh, that I mentioned earlier to bend past tackles uh, and get after the quarterback. Great timing coming from his slot role as well, where he's able to get a good jump at the snap and, and be in the backfield very quickly. So you know, uh, might be a little bit more inexperienced playing like a typical safety role. Uh, you could kind of see it when he's he's in that position where some struggles are are you know handing off or picking up receivers downfield in zone. He's he's much better when asked to to kind of have to stick. Um, that that's about it though. As far as coverage goes, just having a tougher time finding a spot in zone and getting comfortable with that role. But that can be coached up at the next level for sure because he wasn't really asked to do it too much. Um, at Alabama playing in that uh, playing more of his own role. So uh, I think he, he's, he's got good co- coverage skills, ton of experience and success doing so over the last few years at Alabama can easily step into that role in the NFL match up with tight end slot receivers still developing into a typical safety role. There's a lot to like about his game as far as already showing some high end ability in key defensive aspects. So I came over really liking branch and can envision him being an immediate IDP contributor, depending on where he lands. And it, it seems like he'd probably landed a good opportunity spot. So like I said before, I, I put him with the Eagles to me, this one just makes too much sense. Definitely not at, at, 10th overall I, th- I think is a little early um but i you know they have the late first this year 30th i think it is so if he were to fall to them there i think it's an automatic smash you could pair him with terrell edmonds as a rookie eventually take over that uh the role uh, of the guy to rotate down towards the line of scrimmage as he gets more comfortable defending the run at the next level and start to show off some of that pass rush ability um just as an added idp bonus um that play against kansas state that you showed like that's the one that like you just you can't teach. There's not yeah. too many people, if any, in this class that make that play routinely or have the capabilities of showing to make that play. So I think if there is going to be a safety taken in the first round of this draft, I think it's going to be him. Um, yeah. My mock spot was Seattle. I think that there might be, you know, some uh, – Obviously, there's there's no might about it. You know, we're obviously concerned about Jamal Adams and his ability to stay healthy. I think if uh, you can maybe supplement some of that draft capital and, you know, even if he slips into the second round, um, I think that's kind of a home run. I think we're kind of seeing how NFL teams are, are viewing safeties, you know, over the years. I mean, I think you're you're trying to hit that home run in the draft, but uh, teams aren't paying top dollars, you know, for even some of these higher 
profile safeties. Um, you know, your, your top 1% are getting the big contracts, but outside of that, you know, you see what Chauncey Gardner Johnson did for the Eagles. And I know obviously they're trying to protect the future, but, you know, letting a guy like that walk changes a huge part of your defense. So, um, you know, and, a guy that kind of good and that energetic and that kind of game changing is to be on his third team in three seasons is pretty, you know, pretty crazy. and says a lot about the safety yeah. market, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a good call. And, and I think Seattle too, like they, they may start to kind of lean into a little bit more three safety looks as well. I think they experimented with it last year for the first time and had some success there because they realized that, you know, Cody Barton does not need to be on the field for hundred percent of snaps. Um, maybe we should try uh, putting an extra DB out there instead. And, and they, they, their defense improved dramatically really um, mm-hmm. once they started doing that. And I know they brought in Julian love, but I mean, Brian branch obviously would be an upgrade over, over the guys that they have there. And like you said, Jamal Adams, not being fully healthy uh, at any point is, is, is a big concern. So yeah, great call there. All right, let's go on to Georgia, where we got uh, Christopher Smith. Um, so I think for from a run perspective, he, he does a really good job reading runs from depth, uh, specifically from a split safety rook, split safety look. Uh, he attacks downhill and is a plus run support option, understands where he needs to be as far as gaps go when coming down from his safety spot and helps clean up a decent amount of plays uh, around the line of scrimmage. The, the negatives are he's a struggle to bit with missed tackles in 2022 11 missed tackles mostly coming in the open field from a deep a deep safety alignment so i would like to see him uh a bit better squaring up and taking away angles of runners in the open field as far as a, a coverage player i think he does a great job kind of reading and reacting uh it does a nice job diagnosing plays before and and as they happen tightening that opportunity window for for offenses closes quickly with great range and is broken up uh, passes on on more than one occasion with a big hit so despite being on the smaller size at under six feet and less than 200 pounds that is so um the the, the negatives are the, the open field stru- the open field struggles continue in pass defense so he's much better playing a split safety role than left alone in a, in a single high alignment just too many over or under pursuits by taking bad angles um not great in man coverage, you know, not that he's asked to do it a ton, but coming off of, you know, talking about Brian Branch, who I think was really good in man, it stands out with Smith that it just isn't his game. Uh, often looks kind of stuck in mud when he has to turn his hips and cover a seam route downfield. So I, I, did, I didn't hate Smith, but I, I think most the most glaring negatives like tackling in the open field, open field, struggling to cover downfield are, are pretty significant issues when it comes to being a regular NFL starter. Um, that being said, I, I did like his ability to make plays when attacking downhill, which is great for IDP. It's just going side to side and covering deep where he, where he needs a bit of work. Um, yeah. I think for Smith, you're looking at the championship pedigree, obviously, you know, back to back national champion, you know, knows what it takes to be a winner, knows what it takes to play with legitimate NFL talent, obviously, um, Top five in the SEC in interceptions in 2021 and 22. Um, six interceptions, nine passes defended over the last two seasons. Uh, All American. A bit worried about the athleticism score. I don't put a ton into that kind of stuff, but um, I see a, what I saw a lot, even live watching the games before, you know, hours to break them down as a prospect. 
was kind of the the bad angles and the inability to almost like stop and break down and, and make the tackle the over pursuits and, and things like that that you spoke about so um those are kind of the things that i'm a, a little bit worried about um i i don't want to see him in a in single high either i think he's got a lot of work to do to you know ever to get to that point um but overall i don't think he's uh um he's a bad prospect i don't I don't have a lot of hope for like high dra- draft capital. So I guess what I'm hoping for is that, that it's a good spot, you know, somewhere where I don't see him getting buried um, on the depth chart or, or with a uh, defensive coordinator who just refuses to play rookies. Um, uh, he's a guy that I probably wouldn't, if the landing spot is, is that terrible or perceived to be that terrible, he's probably not a guy that I'm really looking to stash. I think uh, when it comes to DB, as we spoke about, there's just seems to be a lot more options now, you know, with your, with the scoring and all that kind of stuff, depending on your league that, um, you know, sitting on a rookie like him, he's, it's not like sitting on a guy who you think is going to be a, a sure thing. It's kind of um, might be one of those players and, I'm surprised it took us a half hour to get to this, but he might be one of those, you know, better for real football than IDP <laughs> fantasy football type players. But um, like him overall as a prospect, you definitely do worse. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not overly excited about him. I guess would be the way I would sum that one up. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, as far as landing spot goes, I, I went with the New York Giants, and, and I think working kind of as that dime safety for Wink uh, could be good for him. The Giants used a fair bit of too high last season, and, and when they play that big nickel uh, coverage, they could they could have Bobby McCain in the slot like the Commanders did, and, and let um, uh, Christopher Smith and, and Xavier McKinney play those deep roles. Uh, so not an immediate full time role for Smith, like you said, but I, I don't. Because I, I just don't think he's quite ready for that just yet. Uh, I was looking at Carolina for a landing spot. Yep. Um, I know they've been adding a lot of safeties, but um, I think Carolina really got, you know, an eye-opening experience last year when, you know, they lost a couple safeties and realized that, you know, Miles Hartfield and, and Justin Burris and all, like they just were like, yeah, all right, so time to actually invest <laughs> in this position. So um, I could see them trying to, you know, stack some depth maybe in the in the lit- mid to later rounds and, uh, you know, might be a, a good spot for him. Nice. I like it. Um, all right, let's go to FSU. And I'm really hoping this man's name is not pronounced Jamie. I really hope it's Jamie. It's um, Jamie. But- <laughs> 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 amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, Jamie Robinson, please tell me about him. All right, so Florida State safeties, right? They're just supposed to be good. They're, they're all, you know, uh, a Derwin James clone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <basically. laughs> as we can hope. Um, I, as being a Miami fan, we've been doing this for a couple of years. I hate Florida State, but, you know, once I get into the NFL, I'm allowed to root for him. So um, <laughs> um, the thing I like about Jamie is the, the anticipation, you know, driving through the wide receiver to make a play on the ball. Um, it sounds a lot more like those are more suspect to be penalties, but um, I think he does do a very good job at that anticipation and, and kind of setting the quarterback and wide receiver up to feel like something's there when it's not. Um, versatility, I like a lot. I do think he's a guy who can play corner and free safety and not just nickel. Um, that remains to be seen. Um a little bit more of a coverage guy than I would like trust him as a tackler. Um, I, I'll, you know, when you 
pop up. I'll see if you have his tackling numbers. I'm not positive if we have missed tackles on him. But um, he averaged 79 and a half tackles per season in college. Um, the, the big thing is, I think, the for being 5'11", you know, I don't, I don't think that's a terrible size for a DB. But um, it's like his arms are a little bit shorter. And some of those, like, high point catches of where he's high pointing the ball, I think the um, the wide receivers seem to kind of – get the best of them in some of those cases. Uh, some of that can be technique and coaching. I'm sure it kind of is that Florida state defense hasn't been very good, but they, you know, had a bounce back season last year. Um, I, I kind of look at his run support as from a college standpoint as good enough, but I don't think it's a strength of his game by any means. Um, I do like him. Um, I'll be interested to kind of see like where you place him in this class because i um, I've been back and forth on them, you know, a little bit overall. So, uh, but yeah, um, overall, I like them. Um, I like the ability to make the plays on the ball. I think those high scoring plays of passes defended and potentially interceptions and things like that, I think will be very beneficial to him. But it's also, uh, I'm not 100% confident he carves out a role, the role that I envisioned him in my head to carve out. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, first thought that came to mind is like, oh man, you know who needs defensive backs? The Chargers. <laughs> if he can, yeah. you know, if he can be, get back over there and, and play with Derwin James and, and maybe, you know, figure something out in that system, um, that might be like a good mentor to kind of like get him on the right path and get him to, uh, kind of be playing a certain style of football. Um, but overall, his tackle numbers are not going to be the same when it comes to the NFL. I just don't see that being a, a thing. I think it's just the fact of playing in a pretty rough defense. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, curious to see what you think of him. Yeah, yeah. it's funny you mentioned the tackling because like, I think he's a really good tackler. Like um, He wraps up in space. He, he can knock runners on their ass with power. Uh, he shows like shows off decent range as well whether it's coming from depth or or, or sideline to sideline he always seems to kind of be around the ball doesn't always take the best angles um kind of an open field issue more than anything but i think playing a little more in control as the last line of defense will go a long way in kind of cleaning up his game so definitely something that i think can be coached so i i definitely see what you mean there um but i did like his technique as a tackler at least and i thought he did a, he did a nice job uh when he was asked to do so for the most part so but yeah, like you said, the uh, the pass coverage um, was was pretty strong. So he has really great closing speed. You know, he, he can allow a catch underneath, but he does a nice job kind of limiting the yards after the catch by closing quickly and, and taking down the, the target. Um, and he can stick in coverage. He has experience playing all over the field. Like you said, that versatility is key. And um, when he has to cover one-on-one, -on -one, he could hold his own, which is a really positive sign towards being a potentially every down player. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of versatility, that kind of continues as a pass rusher as well. FSU utilized him more as a blitzer this past season, uh, and, he, and he did a really great job. I think it was only 33 blitz attempts, but still a, a pretty decent number. Uh, showed an ability to dip under offensive tackles, body backfield blockers, and close the speed again when left on block. So resulted in 14 pressures and a sack on those 33 attempts, so not too bad. Um, 
And then the negatives in coverage, I think he could let the play get behind him a bit. A few too many times I noticed that he gets caught kind of looking in the backfield and, and might miss his assignments, um, getting behind him in coverage, which does lead to, to some big plays. So I, I really love the versatility from, from Jamie, uh, experience playing all over the defense, played primarily in the slot in 2021 with, with FSU and, and at South Carolina before that, got more typical safety usage this past year uh, and played really well. He held up in the box has good strength and coverage instincts that he that and he isn't really a major liability in any aspect of the defense i think he could be a, a good nfl player and really a strong idp asset in the right landing spot and i went with the steelers i, I mean i know they signed uh keanu neal but there, there's a reason neal has bounced around a fair bit over the last few years it feels more like a dime linebacker to me for pittsburgh i think he'd fit right in as the the kind of terrell Edmonds replacement next to Mika fitzpatrick and be a much more effective idp option and, and nfl player with time so like you said he, he could play all over the defense just kind of like like terrell Edmonds did and, and just hopefully bring more impact as a blitzer um because Edmonds was not uh, the best at that all right so let's see who do we got next up on the list is jair brown i don't know if it's just jair or it's just jair okay that helps thank you <laughs> yeah, yeah when you're breaking that one down i'm like whatever and i almost had to get to the point where it'll like uh on like uh penn state's website like pronounced right uh, yeah yeah you're, you're <laughs> yeah. like all right that helps <laughs> that that really really helps uh yeah so you're brown from penn state um productive from from the box role um he knows how to play his gaps and and defend the the run well um the negatives i i think though he can't really stack and shed from that position the o-line getting their hands on him or they're just easily moving him out of the way he, he does struggle wrapping up Way too many missed tackles, 24 missed tackles over the past two years, 14.6% missed tackle rate for his college career. Um, as far as coverage goes, he does seem to do a good job fighting the ball in the air. 10 interceptions over the last two years, and they aren't like just deflections that land in his lap. He's really making plays on the ball. So that was nice to see. He has experience and success as a blitzer as well. 51 pass rush attempts in 2022, which led to 15 pressures and five sacks. Um, does a really nice job exploding off the line and getting in the backfield with speed. So he can slip past slower pass blockers and generate pressure at a good rate. Um, but he has a decent, he has a few decent pass rush moves as well. Stutter step is a go-to and it, it works fairly well. Um and then lastly, just top end play speed. I think he flies downhill. He's very quick to the ball. And he's another guy that loves to hammer. He, he's willing to lay guys out at full speed. Um, the, the only thing is that, neg that as far as the negative goes, that aggressiveness does backfire pretty often. He ends up taking some bad angles or just coming in so hot trying to lay the boom that running backs and wide receivers uh, who see him coming can make him miss pretty easily. So that's where that missed tackle rate comes in again. Um so yeah, as much as I like that aggressive play style, I, I do feel like you know it backfiring him on him quite a bit. I, I don't love and I, I don't think it's impossible to clean up and kind of parlay that into a, more tackles in the NFL because he's really fast downhill and he puts himself in a great spot to make plays. You add in the pass rush ability and, and nose for the ball in the air. I think there's decent potential for him to be an effective outside, IDP outside of just as a tackler, but um, I don't know if it'll happen right away basically. Yeah, the word I kept coming back to was aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. Just like that's just like his play style. Um, 
again, a lot of these college schemes, depending on the offenses they're playing, you know, certain guys excel in certain roles. And a lot of times you don't see college coaches that are not the top upper echelon change too much that a player does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that the high motor, the, the interceptions. And like you said, these interceptions, I know at times they can be fluky, but like with him, it just doesn't seem that way. He just seems to be in that position. Um, I do like at times, like he can be a closer, a lot of that, you know, you know, finishing up a tackle or, or, or getting down to the line of scrimmage and cleaning up a tackle. A lot of that is just his aggressive play style. Um, one of the player comps, and I actually haven't seen one in a while of this magnitude, so I wanted to bring it up, was Ryan Clark. So that's a, a, an interesting one. So um, you do not see many people compared to Ryan Clark because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was – um, I don't want to say a one of one, but he wasn't really. When you think IDP fantasy football, you don't think Ryan Clark ever. Right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, 73 and a half tackles, five interceptions, four passes defended, two and a two and a quarter sacks per year. I mean, like those numbers, if you're looking at from a number standpoint, the guy, the guy has it. So, I mean, if you're looking strictly from, you know, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, you know, he might be a guy that you know from an idp standpoint that you're saying you know this guy produced at this level you know these aren't just one-year flukes or one-year productions and you know it seems like he's he's bringing it um obviously an nfl team looking at a guy with numbers like that and and the 10 interceptions is huge you know obviously like you know there's instincts there there's positioning there there's being in the right spot when it matters so um all those things some of not all those things but some of those things are things you just can't teach so um a landing spot i had for him was kansas city i could see a um you know a, a player of that magnitude you you're looking at an offense that is going to continue to be in the top three to five every single year of scoring points you know when you score that level of points teams are going to try to throw to catch up on you and the more do you defensive backs you have with those type of ball skills, um, you know, the better off you're going to be, get the ball back for your, your high powered offense. So um, like him quite a bit, he was a tough one for me to place. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone back and forth on where in this top 10 that I would have him placed yeah. um, because I do, he's a player that it looks like he plays a lot better than obviously he tests based on, you know, kind of what we know about him, but um, which is rare for Penn state guys, right? They usually, Test out of control, yeah, and you're yeah. like, he wasn't that player when I was. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> so, at their pro day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's kind of the a little bit of the reverse of that, but um, I do think a, a quality NFL player just might not be uh, as quick as we want it to be. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I had the same kind of issues, kind of placing him where in the top ten, but also kind of where he would go in the draft, like. I don't really know. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go day three at some point. Um, but I, I have him with the Rams. I, I put the Rams as my favorite landing spot for him. I think, you know, if the Rams were to replace Nick Scott or, or Taylor, Taylor Rapp with that capital, I, I would be pretty happy. I think Brown could allow them to be a bit more versatile with their safety usage because he's an effective blitz, blitzer, which is something that they just didn't do with those guys last year. Uh, and he could really benefit from adding a bit more pressure for, they can add benefit from adding more pressure from their DBs, especially being one of the more blitz happy defenses in the league. They didn't really get that from their, their defensive backs last year. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Absolutely. Like he was, he was a difficult one to place and 
I might still move them around a little bit in the <laughs> rankings, but once we go through it, we'll see we'll see how uh, far or close we are together on on uh, on Brown. Josh here with the IDP show. Now, look, if you know anything about our show, you know we're three mid-30s dads rolling into the Soad Shack every week at about 9 p.m. to record a fantasy football podcast. We've got kids, we've got jobs, so we are worn out when it comes time to record, which is why I'm excited to share about our newest sponsor. It is Liquid IV, which is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Y'all, in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use this first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out. So what do we love about Liquid IV? Convenient packaging, you just rip the top off and pour it into your water, shake it up and you're ready to go. Comes in a bunch of amazing flavors. I love strawberry lemonade and watermelon are my two favorite. And one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious flavors. I mentioned a couple. They're refreshing. They're going to keep your hydration routine exciting so it's not the same old flavor time and time again. It contains five essential vitamins, y'all. Listen to these B vitamins, B3, 5, 6, 12, and vitamin C. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV, they believe that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated, listen to this y'all, over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So we are very excited to partner with them. And if you want to try it out, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code IDP show at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code IDP show at liquidiv.com. Check it out and tell them the IDP show sent you. Let's go to uh, Boise State here. Uh, JL Skinner. That's an easy first name to to be able to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of Skinner? Interesting little tidbit on him is the JL doesn't actually stand for anything. So oh, it's really? just his grandpa and his dad went by JL. So he just went by it. So that's, um, <laughs> that's, 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 but, that's incredible. <laughs> I love it. But um, I'm actually like he's. So he was in my Devi top 12 when I, I put it out last August and um, you know, Boise state, unless you plan on staying up Eastern coast for uh, really late at night, you're not going to see a ton of him, <laughs> but the the size is the thing that kind of like jumps off to you. Like you think of that 
Cam Chancellor, you know, that type of just gigantic safety, um, not weight wise, but height wise. So obviously the arm length is there. Um, uh, good angles and run support, 92 tackles as a junior, um, six interceptions in his last 24 games. Um Obviously, from a 6'4 type safety guy, you're going to get some of that hip tightness where you feel like uh, he's not really as fluid as you would like him to be uh, from a coverage standpoint. Um, I think from the run support is obviously going to definitely outweigh like the coverage you know, aspect of it. Um, I do like the way he plays. Um, the torn peck that cost him is going to ended up costing him the combine and may cost him some, some money in the draft. We'll obviously see where he lands, but um, I came away overall impressed. I do think he's a guy who will rely heavily on the tackle numbers. So I think if you're looking for year one, you're probably going to need him to land in a spot where, he's going to play a decent amount of snaps as a rookie um, or you're kind of sashing him and, and hoping for a, you know, a year two type of, uh, you know, somebody moving on and, and him kind of stepping up. Um, but I do overall like him, uh, you know, obviously the same concerns anytime you watch these conferences is the level of competition, right? You know, they do play some of the decent schools compared to 10 years ago when we were breaking this down and it's the mm-hmm. same, they're playing the same five schools, you know, and you, you don't really outside of an underrated, you know, small school wide receiver, you're not really seeing those guys kind of go up against elite level competition. But um, I did like a ton. He does um, the the size, you know, the way he plays. He's, he's pretty underrated. So um, I would I'm going to tie a lot of that to draft capital and landing spot, because, again, I don't um, stash in DBs and, and IDP leagues is not really yeah. <laughs> not really something that you can do anymore unless you're playing in some of our like sickle leagues where you, you got, you know, almost nobody available and you know, waivers or free agency. So um, outside of that though, like I, overall, I, I was, um, I was pretty impressed with the player. I have him kind of middle of the pack in this, this safety class. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree completely. I, I ended up kind of liking him a, a little bit as well. And, and just kind of starting, you know, with, with the run defense again, I, I think he is much better at making plays around the line of scrimmage than deep. Um, I, I think it makes sense. To, to play close play him closer to the line than than as a deep safety as much as he has that great length um and is very thin he does a nice job reading reading plays around the line and, and sifting through traffic he's capable when facing blockers at the second level and can shed uh, and get back in position he, he plays with a willingness to be involved in the play which is going to help him make more plays um so what, what can hurt his ability to make plays is that he does have some similar missed tackle issues as some of the other players on this list. 21 missed tackles over the last two years. A lot of it comes deeper in the open field, but it happens in the backfield and closer to the line of scrimmage as well. But um, as far as a coverage player, you know, he, he did a decent job there as well. He has the length and the reach and, and, and he utilizes it well. He, he's six foot four and it shows when he when he's able to, to lower uh, to, to, to tower over receivers downhill and win those contested catches also does a nice job utilizing his reach to get a hand on the ball and breaking up passes he had an excellent forced incompletion percentage uh at 15.63 percent since 2021 so um you, you nailed it before as well he's not the 
best hip flipper i'll call it you know turning and covering on the move downfield just stands out as an issue for me because he isn't able to transition smoothly right now uh and he's definitely been burned because of it so uh, as much as you know he has this kind of great length and and probably gets viewed more as a, a deep safety type i think his game closer to the line of scrimmage makes him uh it, it is better for him than playing deep. And part of that is that inability to flip his hips, but also those open field tackle issues are more apparent there when he's when he's the last line of defense. If he can get started in more of a dime safety role and be deployed closer to the line of, line of scrimmage, I think that path for him to be relevant um, is, is a little bit better uh, versus, you know, a deep role as like a backup or something like that. Cause yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be stashing him if that was the case. Um, and that's why my favorite landing spot for him would be the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans loved using Ad, uh, Andrew Adams last year, uh, and he performed really well for them. I don't know if they're planning on bringing Adams back or not, but at this moment, he's still a free agent, I believe. So I think getting Skinner uh, out there with the support of both Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker frees up his responsibilities a bit by not having him in a, in a true every down role but doesn't put a ton of pressure on him as the last line of defense so he's also getting a decent opportunity near the line of scrimmage where he's best as well so i, I really like him uh going to tennessee if that if they could do that i like that landing spot a lot nice yes all right who do we got here so this is another alabama safety um it is jordan battle so jordan battle Good size and frame, uh, in theory, should be able to utilize his physicality to parlay that into more production. Just didn't really happen. Um, I I was a little concerned. You know, he was a bit of a non-factor against the run way too often for me. Um, You know, I I used our, our top 25 safeties in this class and and he ranked 24th in run stop rate over the last two seasons combined which is kind of crazy um so you know o-line o-linemen they'll absolutely eliminate him in the run game but more concerning concerning for me is that wide receivers that get hands on him um block with ease as well you know considering his frame and and um and lining up close to the line of scrimmage i'd like to see him make more of an effort to shed blocks uh, which would lead to more tackle opportunities. It's just the tackle production it is kind of a concern. So just a 6.6 tackle rate in 2022 on over 900 defensive snaps. He's just not there. Uh, the missed tackle rate of 11.8% is nearly double his tackle rate, which is a little worrisome. Um, but as a coverage player, uh, much better flipping his hips and and smoothly transitioning into coverage downfield uh, after talking about the struggles of Skinner it's more impaired more apparent watching battle do a great job at that and stick with those deep routes and hold his own uh coverage ability led to strong ball production as well with five picks and eight PBUs over the last season uh the last three seasons I should say a-, a lot of positives in coverage I think that really helps his case as one of the better safeties in this class um he, he could definitely you know be a little late to react to passes when lined up in that deeper safety role just the tendency to leave space underneath for soft zones but it's not all that often so nothing too much as far as the negatives as a coverage player i think there's a really nice sample size of work playing over 3,000 defensive snaps at alabama over the last four years and he graded really well throughout especially once he really took over in 2020 uh consistently 80 plus coverage grades and overall grades for all three seasons my only real gripe with him is like i mentioned earlier is that in 2022 specifically he was just a non-factor as a tackler uh and defending the run but that really doesn't mean he won't develop there and get better. I think it's just going to depend on the system and, and the team that he lands with basically. So not too concerned about it. Um, 
How about you? What did you think about battle? Um, I don't like bear repeating myself, but kind of a Nick Saban type player, <laughs> you yeah. know, one of those kind of, you know, I want to, you know, let's put him in a position where he's going to be successful. We're not looking to kind of ask him to do anything that he's not comfortable doing. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head, like just questionable and run support. Like, you know, it's not that he can't do it. It's almost like it's just, it's not a strength of his game. So at times it, he gets lost. So um, obviously ID, you know, potential future IDP managers do not want to hear that because you're now kind of banking on this player to be a big play, you know, rely on his coverage. But we see this time and time again, where good coverage players, tend to not get targeted as much when you're kind of sticking to you know your receiver you know or whoever you're targeting so you know at times like those opportunities might not be there and you're looking at the potential of a a one to two to three tackle game but you need a a big play a sack a forced fumble an interception you know a couple pass defenses to kind of really you know have him move the needle for you in terms of winning a weekly matchup so those players aren't really uh, viewed in the IDP community as they shouldn't be as, you know, really kind of like top players. Um, he does do a lot for, did do a lot for that Alabama defense. I believe he graded at overall uh, the best grade of all the safeties in this class from a PFF 91.6, yeah. I think. And uh, only player, I think, with a thousand coverage snaps of the safety class, I believe. I may have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that. That's what I read. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I do. I do like uh, a lot that he does and brings to the table as an IDP asset. I, I don't want to shake him off as only a coverage player because I do think he has the potential to be more than that. Um, it's not the same game that it was years ago and your Earl Thomas has come in and you're like, I right, this dude's going to max out at 50 tackles, but he's going to have <laughs> 27 pass defenses. You know, yeah, I, mean? yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's that type of player, but I do think um, we do temper some expectations because it, it almost felt like as consistent as he's been over his career, it does feel like he kind of took a back seat and let it be the Brian Brant show uh, last mm -hmm. year at Alabama. So um, some of that might be, Maybe he is that complimentary safety from an IDP standpoint more than he is a you know top you know top performer. So um, overall, do do like a lot of what he does and what he brings to the table. I like the size. I like the coverage ability. I think all of those things are going to keep him on the field um, from a technique standpoint and kind of getting involved in the run. He's not going to play if he doesn't show that he can do those things. He's shown he can do those things in the past, in the past um, when asked, but not at a high enough clip that we're confident in that the, uh, the run grade thing, sucks to hear because i actually didn't know that so it's like th that's something that kind of you're like man like i really kind of viewed him as a guy who could be the potential like sleeper riser of the class and now right. you're like oh my god like if it's if it's that bad <laughs> you know what i mean in a in a nick saban defense he had to be doing something right to be playing yeah. the amount of snaps he played and whether they were coverage versus you know run support is obviously you know like I mentioned before, you know, college coaches tend to keep guys on the field that do, if they do one thing supremely well, they're not looking to turn to a freshman or an underclassman to kind of go in there and say, hey, let's see what they got. You know, when you're in Alabama, you're used to winning. You're not right. going to put somebody on the field who has not earned the trust of uh, all-star coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. You're right. It's such a weird thing because he is a really good player. He just 
for whatever reason, was completely ineffective against the run. Like he just couldn't get any production there. And part of it, yeah, like he was getting moved out of the way from, you know, second level blockers and things like that. But um, it would just, the, the ball just seemed to kind of elude him a little bit in, in that aspect of the game. And like I said, it doesn't mean that it won't change, you know, at, at the NFL level or that he can't improve there, you know, in the right scheme or something like that. It's just, it just was really weird and kind of stood out to me as, as a, a an issue especially like you said for idp too so um as far as landing spot i, I went with tampa bay i i, I kind of see him a little bit in that complimentary role like you said next to antoine winfield i know again they have ryan neal there and i could see it going either way where you know maybe he he can uh work as a part-timer behind ryan neal for the, his one-year deal or he could win out that role either i could i wouldn't be surprised to see it go either way um but i think he could fill out that role well enough to become an NFL caliber player for them uh, with time. I think there's, there's a lot to like about his game, but he feels like potentially one of those like round three, maybe type of guys where there's some stuff to work on as a run defender. So I don't know if they would trust to start him right away, but Tampa could be a really nice spot for him to develop. I had the 49ers um, as good as, as good as that defense is. I feel like the, the lack of safety depth is something that they can really use a player who could cover back there because you know, the, the Halona Tafanga drop, you know, name drop I had a couple of years ago and, and, you know, now everyone's paying astronomical prices for him in IDP is still, <laughs> you know, that's not the guy you want covering people right. downfield or even tight ends for that matter. You kind of want him in that, you know, Tars, you know, caveman diving over the line of scrimmage type playing to, <laughs> up, up close to, you know, getting in, you know, sticking his nose in the run game type stuff. So I uh, got really lucky with some of the plays last year from Tayshawn Gibson yeah. and, and things like that. Um, getting younger there and getting a guy who's at least established from a coverage standpoint might be a, you know, kind of a, a big win for that defense. If he happens to fall in some of those later rounds, like you, like you mentioned. Nice. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, for anybody that, uh, did listen what was it a couple years ago we, we yeah, both really liked Talanoa Hufanga yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was one we were we were excited about and it, it it paid off so that was good we got one at least yes yeah that's why we do this every year right? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man um all right so let's go to uh Ohio State and uh Ronnie Hickman what did you think about uh Hickman um Ronnie Hickman um the dip in production bummed me out um he was also in the uh, top 12 dbs you know a season ago um I I like a lot of what he does but I just like the thing I kept coming back to is just like he's still so raw like he just like he's I was a little bit surprised he declared. I think maybe some of the the way Ohio State recruits and, and people like pushing that part of the roster is like, I feel like, you know, the 2021 version is the best version that obviously we've seen of him to date. Um, the play recognition worries me. Some of the angles that he takes worries me. I do like the size. I like what I feel like he can become. Um, but struggling with the angles, I, I do think he has the versatility to play obviously some deep safety as well as some nickel. Um, I just don't feel like when you watch that Ohio state defense, I don't think you see enough Ronnie Hickman to say, yeah, that like, that's my guy. I think you're, you're buying into some of the upside right now and hoping that he grows and becomes that type of player. I think you're kind of looking at him as a, I'm looking at him as a prospect is like, if I can get him behind a guy that is an entrenched starter and, and maybe a team that goes into like a, 
some of that hasn't before kind of go into some of the three safety looks and, and give him some opportunities. I'm a little worried about him playing right away with how young he is. Um, and just, again, like, you know, the big 10 conference, isn't this offensive powerhouse, you know, a lot of it is still, you know, outside of Ohio state <laughs> is still mm-hmm. the kind of, you know, old school smash mouth football when it gets colder. So um disappearing a little bit at times when I'm watching games and, and I would, you know, I was really hopeful after the 21 season that this was going to be, you know, the next one up and you were going to see a lot more of, of that. But um, I came away overall, I won't say disappointed, but a little bit, you know, down and bummed out because I just felt like I was expecting more from him. Maybe I, I, I hyped him up a little bit too much in my head. And, you know, when I was kind of looking at the safeties a year ago to this class, um, but Overall, I think I, I like a lot of the potential. It's just I feel like I just don't see enough yet for me to, you know, be really excited about them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I see a lot of the same concerns as well and, and disappointing. I think it, it is a good is a good way to kind of describe him because there's not like a ton to really love about his game. And I think you nailed the negatives. The, the only other thing adding just because I, I feel like I have to do it for every single player is the missed tackles again. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he has the right stance, decent technique. He just can't finish and bring the runner down 26 missed tackles over the last two years. So don't love that. Um, but I, I, what I did like, I, I liked his range. I, you know, didn't really matter where he was lined up. He, and you know, he had versatility to line up all over the field, but he has a pretty decent jump uh, where he can insert himself into the play fairly often. Um, you know that 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 was about it though for me for as as a run defender i didn't come away kind of loving that aspect of his game um in coverage you know decent break on the ball i, I thought he read the play well and, and did a nice job closing on the ball to limit damage um and he was great at breaking plays up because of it as well so he can stick in coverage when asked to not a bad man coverage player by any means um you know, he had a 20% forced incompletion rate, which is a great number for a safety. Five PBUs and a pick in 2022, while only allowing a 39.2 passer rating uh, when targeted on just uh, 43.3% reception rate. So good coverage numbers, but like the negatives in coverage, I, I think are, are similar to what you saw a bit slower kind of stop and start. You know, if his feet stop moving in space, then he has a hard time getting them going again. It's especially painful when he has a runner coming right at him uh, that that will make him miss. And then flipping his hips again, we've talked about for a few guys, but not the most fluid athlete turning downfield. So I, I think he's fine. He doesn't really stand out in any kind of extraordinary way. He does most things well, but doesn't separate himself that much from this group in any, any particular way. So he'll probably land somewhere in the mid range for me. Um, yeah. Did you like that? How I kind of acted like I didn't know exactly where I ranked him. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, he's, that's where he is. He's kind of in that kind of mid to late range for me. Um, I, I just thought he was, good not great kind of thing yeah i think uh this i was going to tell you before the show this is, might be one of those years where we're so far off on rankings right because <laughs> there's like so much like i mean in years past we've always said well it's it's top heavy it's this it's that yeah, it's yeah. like man like in this class it's brian branch and it's everyone else right, right. You know what i mean like there's there's some guys i like more than others but it's like man it depends on the type of almost IDP player that you are like, are you the guy who goes after the, you know, the big, huge plays and, you know, maybe you like the Jair Browns a lot more than you like the, you know, Ronnie Hickman's. It's just like, you know, when you're buying into upside, sometimes it's like, man, like we all thought, you know, 
Kyle Hamilton was the, the unentrenched day one starter. And it's like, we're waiting till like week four till he's employed for more than like 20, 20 snaps a game. You know what I mean? Like, so um, uh, a spot I had for Ronnie Hickman was New Orleans. Um, I could see him kind of, um, you know, learning a little bit there. You know, Tyron Matthews not going to be around forever. Maybe he picks up some hints from, you know, one of the better, you know, complete safeties that we've seen in the game, you know, for a, a long period of time. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the draft capital is not good, if the, you know, the depth chart is not good, the landing spot and all of that. If it's a player that just goes undrafted in some of our, you know, our IDP drafts, because, again, you're not, you know, I'm more willing to take a you know, a player who I could see being a, a nickel who is maybe a cornerback that plays, you know, 60, 70% of snaps versus a guy that you're either waiting on an injury or hoping he has an, an amazing training camp. So. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I like that spot. That that makes sense. And I something similar, you know, I, I put the Denver Broncos. It's not a guarantee to start even ahead of, I guess it's Caden Stearns that they have on the depth chart right now. You know, Justin Simmons is obviously starting, but I think there's like kind of like a twofold opportunity there for Hickman, um, which is either plays the third wheel among the safeties or like you said, impressed so much in camp that he can win the job from Stearns or whoever outright. And if he's showing out that well in camp, then, you know, Denver could be a nice spot for IDP production for him. So door kind of half open situation to take advantage of by earning it basically but uh yeah we'll we'll see that this is why we don't uh we try to avoid rookie drafts before the nfl draft because landing spot especially for these kind of um you know varied classes where everybody's kind of all over the place um landing spot matters that much more um so you can see the opportunity a little clearer but Let's go to our final uh, player on the list here, which is Sydney Brown from Illinois. So Sydney Brown, really stout frame. Um, you know, he, he's got the thickness and he could throw that weight around, whether it's at the ball carrier or someone trying to block him. Probably my personal favorite play from him is he's lined up in like the left C gap and has to take on the lead blocker, which is the fullback at the line of scrimmage. He blows up the fullback with a low hit and submarines himself into the running back who was sent flying into the mosh pit. The YouTube crowd will see it. Um, they, they know what I'm talking about. Just a thing of beauty. Maybe my, my, my favorite play that I've watched so far this year from a defensive player it just has such a satisfying finish to it. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he can stack and shed as well. He showed that uh, he can consistently, avoid blockers at the line of scrimmage and the second level which makes him one of the few safeties in this class that doesn't have a major problem with that playing so much in the box as well just makes this all the more valuable um you know 60 percent of his snaps were in the box in 2022 54 percent in 2021 he has the experience kind of holding up in those grinded out areas of the field uh that we need for idp so that that's a big w for him in my opinion uh, the negatives, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken freaking record here, is the missed effing tackles. 30 missed tackles over the last two seasons. That That's a major issue. There are definitely, these are definitely the kinds of things that can get players benched. So he absolutely must clean that up at the next level, especially if he's going to continue in that box-focused box role near the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he did a great job putting himself into position to make a play, but much like Hickman, who, you know, who we talked about, he's kind of all Swedish, no finish, uh, so to speak. So, um Pass defense, really good movement and coverage ability. Uh, you know, he could stick with most wide receivers and tight ends stride for stride. 
fluid motion as he backpedals and does a nice job flipping his hips. It's ex- excellent ball production as well. Six interceptions, six pass breakups uh, in 2022. Um He's also comfortable rushing the passer. Didn't do it a lot in college, but you can tell that he's confident in doing so. Doesn't look lost when asked to blitz, to blitz off the edge and came up with a sack and two QB hits uh, on just 21 attempts uh, last season. The, the negatives for me, he bites on play fakes. It happened quite a bit, which led to his receiver getting behind him wide open. Um, partly comes from playing so much in the box where he's trained to kind of read those run keys first. So it's kind of in his nature to want to step up and stop the run, but he needs to be more disciplined there, in my opinion. Um I ended up really liking Brown. You know, he tested really well too. Nine, six, seven RAS score. He's built like a brick shit house, although he is on the shorter side. If he can clean up the missed tackles, I think he has the potential uh, to be an IDP star because he, he was surprisingly strong in coverage. And obviously he has a ton of experience in the box enough that he should be the guy to rotate down when it's called for. Oh, and the best part, he's a, he's a Canadian, which I didn't find out until after (laughs) I was done watching him. So, so that just made me like him all the more obviously, and and definitely going to be someone I'm rooting for for uh to be a star in the nfl now so yeah tell me uh only what you liked about my canadian brother sydney brown (laughs) um i'm with you i I liked a lot about what sydney brown did um the missed tackles i'm almost think that we just label the 2023 db class the missed tackle class yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but there he was a humongous reason illinois is good as good as they were on defense um last year um you mentioned the testing numbers. He has the NFL speed. Um, I think some of the coverage concerns, um, I, I went through this a little bit with Andre Cisco when he came out. Um, the ability or inability at times to, he makes up his mind where he wants to be and what he thinks the play is that when he does bite on that play action, it looks so bad that you're like, Oh my God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think there is some of that, but the great athleticism scores I have um, the ability to play some safety and nickel. I would definitely prefer him in the box because I do think that that's uh, where he is going to make his, you know, his money. You know, I, I think a lot of it is as an IDP asset, especially from a DB standpoint, at times we're always looking for, okay, what's the safe tackle floor? You know what I mean? Because the big plays are so inconsistent and so hard to predict, you know, not everyone's going to be Marcus Peters and get these, you know, <laughs> you know, these hall of fame numbers when it comes to interceptions, you know, whether they're, you know, by luck or whatever it is, it's just, you know, six of his 10 interceptions were last year alone. So um, obviously there's technique and in, in being in the right spot and having the ball skills and all that kind of stuff. But um, I came away really impressed with him. Um, I obviously knew from how Illinois performed like that. He was good, but like right. in going back and watching the films, the tackle numbers are absolutely concerning, but the fact that I think that it's something that he can clean up and it's not going to keep him off the field because some of the other intangibles are so good that I feel like he's going to be, it's going to be really tough to keep him off the field. So, um, but uh, yeah, overall came impressed the the build too. I mean, like that guy looks like an NFL player, you know what I mean? Like right now. Like, so um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I came away and he was actually one of the, the say, you know, there was a lot of, as you know, the, the, everyone's been hearing us talk. There's a lot of, uh, you know, this, that Sydney Brown's one of those guys is like, I definitely came away. Like, although there is this glaring negative that we both kind of noticed. And obviously the numbers say it is like, 
I don't feel that way. You know what I mean? Like when I watch him, it's like I, I feel like he can be one of those sneaky players where year one, you know, you're getting Cindy Brown in the fifth, sixth, seventh round of a rookie draft, and he's mm-hmm. ends up by week four, you're like, oh my God, like I got a steal here, or right. you know, picked him up off waivers, and you're like, everyone else is, you know, picking up a Jalen Ramsey, and I got this rookie now who's, you know, producing at the same clip, if not better. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely impressed. And I mean, I guess plus one because he's canadian right so i'll give yes, you that absolutely. one absolutely <laughs> um i had the the jets as an interesting spot for him nice. um that's a, a defense that i think is you know with the how much they're spending on offense and you know going all in on the rogers and you know bringing in the entire green bay packers organization on offense i think that um they're going to continue to do what they do on defense um yeah. and that's frustrate the hell out of people (laughs) so um from the you know interior all the way to deep safety i I think that that could be a a really good fit for him and and obviously getting to play with you know a a young defense who's already uh pretty tough to pass on um it would be a you know a, a pretty good fit for him yeah no that's a good call um yeah, I would really, I'd be really happy with that. And I, I went with the Bengals, um, you know, as much as Nick Scott could be a decent sleeper in IDP this season, if Brown ends up in, in Cincy, I'll be burning all my Nick Scott stocks and and rooting for Brown to win the job because I, I think he could be much better. Just offers so much more thanks to, you know, that athleticism and coverage ability. Scott to me is just the guy pair Brown with Dax Hill and let those Cincy safeties back to the quality IDPs that we were used to um, over there. So yeah, that's a similar landing spot is uh, for one that you had mentioned before with the Bengals, but um, the Nick yeah, Scotts would... and uh, Ryan Neal's are all fun and games when they're backups. Once they become starters, they're not, uh, not all <laughs> exactly. that funny. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the waiver wire names, but yeah, as far as being starters, man, it's uh, it's a different game for sure. So yeah, give, give me a, give me a Sydney Brown in there, and let's see what happens for sure. Um, all right. Well, before we do the rankings, do you have? Uh, any sleepers from this class that you you want to mention i have three um brandon joseph is one that we kind of spoke about a little bit um absolute gamer and baller at Mm -hmm. northwestern made one of the most amazing plays in the big 10 championship game that you'll ever see with that one-handed interception um but you know, that one year transition to Notre Dame, it looked like it was Kyle Hamilton was moving on. It was the perfect position to kind of jump in there, have a big season and become a first round draft pick or early day two pick. And it just didn't happen. Um, Notre Dame wasn't quite the team, obviously under, um, you know, they kept Marcus Freeman, but you know, your defensive coordinator now goes to a head coaching job. It's just, you know, that transition wasn't easy. Um, the numbers were not good. Um, I do look at him as more of kind of a coverage guy. So from an IDP standpoint, I don't think you're going to have any kind of safe, you know, tackle floor or efficiency floor. So I think it's really going to be, uh, you know, one of those, maybe those training camp darlings, whether he, you know, is a late pick or, you know, goes undrafted and we, we kind of look at, you know, he might be a player who starts making some waves, you know, somewhere in between in between the season. Um, BJ Williamson from LA Tech is kind of the small school guy that I kind of liked. Um, he was, uh, I think he has 50 plus tackles in three straight seasons and um, seven interceptions, eight pass deflections, obviously playing in a, a pretty weak conference. So there's not going to be a ton of hype on him, but um, I did like a lot of his tape from what I saw. Um, 
again, it's not uh, it's not a very in-depth look at a player like him just because he's not really – you're not seeing a lot of L.A. Tech games or finding a lot of that stuff on, on uh, YouTube or Twitter <laughs> these days. Um, and the last one would be Quindell Johnson from Memphis. Um, that's a player that uh, the tackle numbers are out of this world. Um, but I think I think 181 tackles over the last two seasons. But I think a lot of it is just tied to the fact that it's Memphis and the way those teams score on each other. And, you know, yeah. it seems like it's, you know, punting is optional in that conference for sure. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, uh, just a couple names for some guys to maybe look. I mean, these are going to be – if anything, late NFL draft picks, but some names to think about if they do land in a, a spot like the Rams, like you said, where you're losing both right. safeties and, and who knows, you know, they're obviously going to struggle on defense. Um, You know, some depth where a team like the Titans or the Commanders or someone like that who have some safeties in place, but you never know. Cameron Curl is kind of a, you know, a guy that we're looking at as a, as a top, you know, 15 to 20 safety in IDP. And he was a, you know, no one knew who he was pre-draft. So, yeah. um, you know, pick. you know, we, we can't hit on the Hafungas if we don't at least take a shot. Right, John? Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> That's why we got you here, man. You got the deep guys that, yeah, I, I haven't even heard of. I, I've, I've watched Brandon Joseph. I have not watched the other two, so I will have to put them on my list before the draft um, because, yeah, those sound good to me, man. That uh, another great list. I appreciate you uh, dropping those extra names in there. So why don't we get to ranking the 10 guys that we, we covered on this draft and we'll start at the top. We'll start, we'll start number one. Um, I think our number one is probably the same. Um, Brian yes. Branch. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Brian Branch, uh, Alabama. This was where it'll go off the rails. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think there's a good chance. Um, yeah, especially considering how much I fell in love with this player because, oh, Canada, Sydney Brown comes in as number two for me. Um, yeah, who, who's your number two? I have Antonio Johnson as two. Um, okay. Just a lot I liked about his game and the, yeah. the kind of alpha mentality is, you know, not outside of branch. I don't see a ton of that in this class, so I think he's a guy who is going to kind of stand out one way or the other hopefully not the negative way <laughs> right right yeah no i i think that makes sense and i think like as far as draft capital goes it it johnson probably has a better shot to go uh as the second safety than sydney brown but uh yeah that's just my my homerism um getting the best of me there for sure but who did you have as uh number three number three was actually sydney brown he uh nice he, okay he, he rose like way up for me like the more i yeah. dug into him as we were getting more prepared for this i was like oh my god man like there's just too much to like here so yeah yeah especially for idp right like he's just he has the kind of frame and stuff that we want for idp if he can get that full-time role and it be like a box heavy role, man, I, I think he could be huge for, for IDP purposes. Um, number three for me, I, I went with Jordan battle. Um, as much as I struggled with, you know, that, that inability to, to come up with tackle production, I, I just think that there's a chance that it could change in the, in the NFL, just because he's such a good coverage player. I think he's going to be able to find his way onto the field. Um, you know, we, we know the tackle efficiency could be fairly unstable as well. So, you know, he had better years previously at, at Alabama, so we could see those numbers rise a bit as well. I just really liked the coverage ability from him and such a, such a large sample size of work. And you were right. It is over a thousand uh, coverage snaps um, last year or over for his 
his college career. So really impressive stuff from Battle. Um, how about number four? Who did you have it for? I had Battle at four. He was actually nice. three until Sidney Brown kind of right. you know put the kibosh on that. Um, <laughs> kind of echoing a lot of your same sentiments. Like I just. He, I don't. I see that there's so much that he does that is going to keep him on the field. That mm-hmm. I think, like the some of the negatives that we have, obviously the, yeah. the run support and stuff, is like things that I think teams are going to be willing to deal with because who's going to cover the you know the the Kelseys and the Kittles and and those type of guys. And I think he's going to be a proven asset that he can do that as well as kind of morph into more of a complete player at the the pro level with some coaching and yeah. technique stuff. Nice. Yeah, that's a good call. And yeah, four for me, I was so close to putting Antonio Johnson here, but I just ended up really liking Jamie Robinson a a little bit more. Just thinking about it more like for IDP, I I think that he could be potentially um, the the more productive player. Again, assuming ideal landing spots for all these guys, basically, which is not going to happen. But uh, I ended up really liking Jamie Robinson. And then I put Antonio Johnson five. Um, But who did you have at five? Um, Jamie, uh, nice. I actually, yeah, I liked him. I thought we were going to be a lot further off here. Yeah. Uh, so our top five is, is all the same, just in a little slightly different <laughs> order, which is good. Hey, maybe it'll go off the rails in the back five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, similar Jamie, it's, it's tough, man. Like you just see so much of the way he was used and, and you kind of like, I don't know, like you feel like, yeah, he might not be that same player at the pro level, but like when he's shown that he can do it in college and like, there's just the positives outweigh the negatives there. Mm -hmm. So I think um, he's another guy that I feel like once given an opportunity, he's going to be a tough guy to keep off the field, you know, unless he's his own worst enemy. So, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Number six, I put the other uh, Johnson. I put Anthony Johnson uh, as number six for me. Um, I, I thought he, I thought he looked really good just as far as like, what could he be at the NFL level? I think he has a potential to be a good NFL player, um, which could get him a starting spot. And I, th- I think he has enough positives about him that he could potentially be a good IDP as well. It, it's, it, it's weird though. This back half is, is definitely tougher yeah. to project. Yeah. Who did you, who did you have as, as six? But, uh, Dale Skinner at six. Um, I like him a little bit more. The, the, the size is kind of a a thing that I kept kind of coming back to. And the fact that, you know, the injury sucks, but from a, from a player standpoint, I I think, um, I mean, spoiler, who you had is who I have as next. So um, I was really like back and forth between those guys. Um, Maybe kind of a little bit of bias because Skinner made the, uh, you know, top 12 Debbie list last year. And Johnson did not, so fair, <laughs> um, gotta gotta stick to my guns and you know go down with the ship. <laughs> no, I, I I can appreciate that because yeah, I have Jail Skinner at seven, but it's super close, and I, I just finished writing up Jail Skinner as a potential sleeper, like a pre-draft sleeper as well. So I, I think he has the potential to be to be a solid IDP. So at six or seven, I, I mean, I'd move him up to six in a heartbeat. It wouldn't take me much uh, to convince me otherwise. So. Um, yeah, I, we're, we're the same there on those two guys just flipped. Uh, who did you have at number eight? Chris Tuffer Smith. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't love any of these guys in the last yeah. three spots or whatever here. Um, it's just, I, I think some of the, another one that the positive kind of outweigh the negative here. And I think he's a guy that, you know, between his championship pedigree and, and proving what he can do. Um, and then, you know, some of the, some of the big play numbers, I, I think he he'll be a, 
a guy that at worst is kind of going to be a rotational player, but mm-hmm. will definitely be a guy that's going to see some time on the field. Um, it would be really surprising to me if, if he has poor draft capital, just because, you know, you, you think if it's a Georgia or Alabama defender, right, they're going to go in the first or second round and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, liked a lot, like as we kind of broke down, liked a little bit, uh, a lot of what he did. Um, some of the things I don't really see transitioning to a year one IDP, you know, uh, producer, but um I've seen crazier things happen, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I had uh, Jair Brown uh, at eight mm-hmm. for me, so Penn State guy. Um, yeah, I mean, just I, I thought he made a lot of really great coverage plays, um, and, and obviously the ball production was was pretty absurd. So um, that was really just the tiebreaker between these last three for me because uh, it is really close, and I, I'm with you. I'm not in love with any of them. Um I mean, I yeah, I put Ronnie Hickman as nine. Um, Same. So, so obviously that leaves Christopher Smith at ten, and that obviously gives you Brown at at ten as well, right? Yeah. So no, I had I apologize. I had Jair at nine and, and Hickman. Oh, okay. At 10, so. okay. 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 Um, Brown and Smith, I can definitely. Uh, if we have maybe one more conversation uh, through sure. Twitter, I'm pretty sure you could sell me. I'm putting Jair. <laughs> That's how kind of I am with those last three as well. Yeah, the last three is tough, man. I mean, I it's yeah, what you even like just more, looking right? at it, it is. It's 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 really it really is. And like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to rank these guys pre-draft, like mixed with with all the IDPs. And I mean, I could almost guarantee there's gonna be some like minor flips here here and there between especially the back half of the our top 10 here because yeah skinner i think i'd put over i i think i i think i agree with you i, I would put uh jail skinner over anthony johnson thinking about it a little bit more um and then yeah i mean the, the rest we'll, we'll see landing spot's going to be massive it's just going to be huge for these guys yeah that's kind of where over those last three like hickman is the one unfortunately i came away with the most disappointed with Sure. of anyone there um which is why i kind of like made him as like that's 10 he's the upside pick there right you know what i mean right. like if you believe or by some chance there's this amazing landing spot that you're like there's no chance that he's not gonna play like you know yeah. you, you kind of think that but uh, yeah. between the between smith and jair there is like i'm looking at i like jair's game a little bit more and the numbers a little bit more but i'm looking at smith as like he's a georgia defender with that championship yeah. pedigree and and they're probably you know teams are going to view them higher because they're this you know prototypical nfl feeder for talent so mm-hmm. um that's kind of was the decision there but you know like i said i mean you might have just sold me in just your breakdown of them that i would put jair over them, so. <laughs> i know it's it's so close and yeah it's i don't think anybody's drafting these guys specifically pre-draft um so we'll just to keep an eye on them for for when once the nfl draft uh gets going and and we'll see what uh how the landing spots shake out in the draft capital everything but you're right yeah the georgia thing is huge obviously um yeah, we're yeah, gonna have to I do mean, some some idp only drafts to kind of get these guys drafted to get some adp so yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there we have it. I mean, a big list again, you know, but we're one step closer 
to the NFL draft. Hopefully you all feel one step more prepared for your IDP rookie drafts. This, this is always a fun time, you know, getting to chat with my guy, John Glosser, John, I, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your time with us on, on here tonight and, and for dropping your knowledge on this safety class and making us all that much more wiser in the process. Thank you. Good, sir. I appreciate you very much, John, and uh, being able to kind of every year, you know, rotate between me, Kyle and Joey and kind of get, you know, to talk your favorite rookies with us is, uh, I mean, it's, it's great listening. It's great being on and, um, you know, you're one of the most respected guys in the community for a reason. And, and we all appreciate like all the hard work you do and, and just how good of a person you are, man. Like that's a really big thing that's underrated in this community. And I truly can tell you from my point of view, I really appreciate it anytime that, you know, I want to bug you for something or just kind of, you know, you know, shoot the shit with you. You know what I mean? You're, you're always around to respond and, and kind of, you know, we have that, you know, growing relationship over the past couple of years of doing this and playing in a league together here and there. So, um, definitely very much appreciated. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, John. That, that, that means a lot, man. And yeah, the feeling is mutual. This is, this is absolutely one of my favorite times of the year because I get to talk to, to you and to Joey and to Kyle so much about these rookies because yeah, some of my favorite people to chat with and yeah, I, I always enjoy it. So I really can't thank you enough for, for coming on and obviously for the kind words, it, it, it does mean a lot. So, um, but yeah, but before you go, please, please remind the people where they could find uh, you and your work. Um, DynastyNerds.com. Um, the as soon as the NFL draft is over, maybe while it's going on still, um, <laughs> our rankings will be up there for IDP. All the rookies will be inputted. Um, you know, we we do the best that we can over there. You know, IDP analysts these days is. John can attest to are not the easiest to find. <laughs> um, it seems like we're kind of all in one place um, or right. all doing our own thing at one under one specific umbrella. So um, everyone that's kind of out there and, and that we've grown to, you know, be real good friends over the years, you know, I highly recommend checking out everyone's stuff and the, you know, IDP is definitely making those strides to get to the point where more people are talking about it. You know, it's, it's not, you know, a poor me pay attention to me because I do the IDP content, but being able to have it there and the more people who play in those leagues and, and, you know, getting more people involved is like being able to have that content out there and, and, you know, people that you can rely on that might be, you know, diamonds in the rough that not 4 million people follow, but, you know, being able to kind of have that there is, is nice. So, um, dynastynerds.com will have some more, um, rookie, uh, reports kind of dropping some rookie profiles dropping in the next two weeks here before the draft actually kicks off. Um, uh, sleeper kind of, I don't want to say dropped the ball a little bit this year, but definitely wasn't on top of the IDP rookies like they have been in the past. Um, Mm -hmm you know, kind of made it a little bit difficult for us to do some of those pre-rookie IDP mocks that we've kind of been used to to get out to the community and stuff. So um, hopefully as soon as they're loaded in there, once they have draft spots, um, we'll be able to get those out. And, you know, a bunch of these reputable websites will be able to have some content out there so everyone is prepared for those rookie drafts because, you know, this time of year, the one question we always get is, where do you value defensive players in a rookie right. draft? And it's like, <laughs> all right, here, this loaded question again. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never going to uh, change. <laughs> no. Um, they were ahead of it a little bit, and we were able to get a few out over the nice. past couple of years. But this year it seems like it kind of, you know, I don't know if it was, 
you know, the fact that they didn't want to load and unload rookies based on guys who didn't get drafted or whatnot, if it was clogging up, you know, player names and things of that. But with the millions of players that are available on Sleeper that half of them I don't even think exist in real life, I think they're made up. (laughs) (laughs) um, It would be nice to get some of those rookies in there, but um you know, topic for another day. But uh, again, check out everything at Dynasty Nerds, IDP team lead over there. Um, I write Devi as well and some Superflex tight end premium um, rank, all of those things. So um, if you're interested in my work, definitely go check out over there during the season. I do uh, IDP start sits for every game, um, something I've been doing for about three or four years now. So um Definitely, if you're interested, definitely check out Dynasty Nerds, not just IDP, everything that we have to offer over there, Dynasty GM tool, um, the the prospect film room, uh, the podcast, all of that kind of stuff. So um, uh, definitely use that resource because of all the websites out there, everything that's going on as a new and upcoming Dynasty player, even redraft player, fantasy football player in general. There's so much out there than there was when we started playing. So I urge you to use all those tools and kind of uh, pick the brain of these analysts that are as nice as John is to kind of give you his time no matter what. So um, definitely do that. I appreciate it. Sounds great, man. And yeah, definitely be sure to check out Glosser and his work over at Dynasty Nerds. as for me, all my work is on pff.com, so please be sure to give that a peek. I'll be dropping uh, pre-draft IDP and offense uh, rookie sleepers to keep an eye out for in this year's draft. And as always, you can tune in every other week right here in the IDP show feed all off-season long, but not during draft season because it's pedal to the metal time. And I'll be back next week talking linebackers with the pride of the Upper Peninsula, the Goat of Goats, Kyle Bellifuel. So if you like linebackers, uh, be sure to tune in and until then id peace out